This is Collector's Quest, episode 81. On this episode, Cat Tyler and I just kind of recap 2017 and all the things that happened. I know it's been a while, but we're back and in full swing. You can expect episodes to be kind of coming in at a more regular pace on their Monday or Tuesday slots, even though this one's coming out a little late. Before we get to the episode, I want to just mention one thing. Retro City Festival. If you aren't going and you are in the SoCal area or can get there on January 20th or 21st, you should. That's where I'm going to be. It's at the Pomona Fairplex. You can buy tickets now at RetroCityFestival.com. It's going to be awesome. It's the the favorite of mine uh, convention that I go to every year. This is the one that I always, you know, put out my little blurbs for because I want you to come. If you're going to come, I'm going to have a booth and I want to talk to you. And eventually, we'll have all of the Collector's Quest people there. So, things you can do there. Arcades, there's going to be a ton of them on free play. Also, home consoles. There's going to be tournaments. There's a console museum. There's the Mortal Kombat crew. The people who were animated in the actual Mortal Kombat game will be there. Billy Mitchell. There's going to be live music, including Super Madness, who I, I like very much. The little music that we got before the episode will be them. There's also, you know, vendors, because who doesn't want to buy games? That's one of the major reasons we go, right? And all of your friends will be there, because that's where the retro community is going to hang out. It's a great place, great location, lots of parking. Come on down January 20th and 21st, and we will see you there. On to the show. Wow, it is. Who are you guys? <laughs> it's been a while. We're bringing it back. Hey, happy new year! Because <laughs> by the time this comes out, it'll be it'll be uh, 2018, which is weird to say, right? Yeah, it came really quick. I don't know where December went. How is everybody doing? Good, busy. Uh, hence why we probably haven't had podcasts. <laughs> Yeah, what about you, Tyler? I've been doing great. I've been available for podcasts. I send you guys my availability, and you guys are like, man, we got work, we got families, we got life. You guys are adults. Yeah, uh, that's not true, because I was like, can we record this week? And you're like, no, I'm sorry, I'm going to be gone, then I'm going to be gone at MAGFest. And well, MAGFest is next week. Come on, come on. That's why we're recording well, oh, right now. Right, but let's not be like, oh, I'm Tyler, I'm always available. I'm always available, except for trivia on Wednesdays. That's important. Yeah, trivia is important. Yeah, Johnny, how about I, that yeah. interview episode you were going to get out in December? Hey, that's not my fault. That's uh, We can't even talk about that yet. Shh, Tyler. Call someone out about that. it. No. <laughs> Damn it. Stop that. You Moving just on. stop. It's not my fault that you weren't available to talk about 3DO over that weekend. Oh, man. That's true. That's your fault. Okay. That's a hint. What could we be talking about with 3DO? Yeah. So this will hmm. be the episode of which Johnny and Tyler fight about stuff, and I will just sit here and uh, drink my pop and laugh. Cat, <laughs> that you I guys fight. fight about something? I don't think <laughs> so. I will fight you, Cat. I will fight you right now. No, you won't. I. How do you know? Because then we'll have to continue it through text messages after, and it just seems like a whole long rabbit hole of things to go down. Yeah, I, I actually... 
I have like a birthday to go to. I, I'm stuck going to a kid's birthday. Well, that, that happens just, when you get older. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's only a one-year-old's birthday, so it's really just friends hanging out, so it's fine. But when they get a little bit older, then it gets weird, because then you're like the guy without kids at a birthday party. And they're like, oh, who's your kid? I'm like, uh, none of them. I just like, I just like kids. <laughs> hey, guys, sure are cute, those little children. Why don't you stick with him here for the cake? I think that might be a little better. Diabetic. <laughs> okay, then, just sit in the corner. <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't actually look any better. When you're the weird adult sitting in the corner at a kids party, that's actually worse, Kat. Probably not. We have friends who have kids and we don't have kids and it's we're not having kids, so it's kind of like, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. <laughs> uh yeah, it, it's awkward. Anyways, uh no, I get to do that. It's gonna be fine. But we've had a lot going on and I felt like I could give some explanation because I do you guys get angry messages or am I the only person who gets angry messages about this? I think it's just you. I don't get them. <laughs> I got one person who called me out and called me that other guy, and that's the only message I've ever got about this podcast. That's that's sad news. <laughs> yeah, well, I get called out. Like, I get, like, meaner personal messages whenever we go off schedule for the podcast, just because I think it messes with people's routine. So what What is the schedule? Are we technically weekly? Because I'm not sure how accurate that no, name is no we're, we're technically not weekly we're technically four three to four episodes a month which i know is not a technical uh term that's that's what we like to get out is like three and i like to get out a microcast if we can't get a full episode in though none of that happened uh over the last couple of whiles part of that was good news i it was my anniversary my 10-year anniversary so my wife and i went to europe so we were gone for like three weeks, which made recording a podcast kind of hard. And then we got back and it became Christmas. So that kind of crushed December for us. Uh, and then and that was at the end of November we were leaving. So yep. like Thanksgiving, we were in the midst of all that. So kind of crushed Thanksgiving too, even though we did get that kind of one episode out. But before that, um, you know, my wife's mother died. So there became some family hardship there. So that became like a deal, uh, obviously. So that killed a couple of weeks of the podcast. And then, uh, you know, my dad got sick and then I got sent away on work for business. So it's not that we don't want to do the podcast. There's just been a few extremities. And then I don't know if anyone was following it. Like right as I got back, all of Southern California also caught on fire. Yes, I have brides from down there. Yeah, well, my father-in-law, you know, the guy who just lost his wife, just lost his house as well. Jeez. So oh, no. it's it's been a little bit rough. You guys, with your messages, just slow your roll. It's not uh, it's not personal. It's strictly uh, strictly circumstantial. So now that the explanation portion of this podcast is out of the way, <laughs> I'm I'm ready to drop 2017 like a bad habit, which is not a not a saying I like because people tend to like repick up their bad habits, but I would love to just put it in the garbage can and move on to 2018. What do you guys say? I'm I'm always ready for a new year. It's it's always exciting. It means new things. So I, I'm at this point I'm like, all right, let's let's just get going with the next stuff. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm ready for that too, and I know Tyler is because he's got a little little docket. Let's let's do the 2017 recap so we can kind of get out of. Here and talk about just what happened 
in the collecting video game world, no, not just collecting, but in the video game world in general, to us uh, video game collectors, and then talk about what we get to move away from. Cool. So uh, it wasn't it wasn't all that bad. Got some Nintendo consoles, got some Zelda games, got some Mario games. Come on, it was it wasn't that no, bad on, of a year. On the video game front, it was actually kind of awesome. It was more on the personal level where things were just like, oh, Jesus yeah. Christ, get me out of here. Uh, no, video game-wise, it was a surprising year, right? I think we can all agree that Nintendo kind of came back in a strong way, more so than I expected. So why don't we begin? Tyler, why don't you tell us about that? Well, I guess the the year started off with uh, the NES Classic, which came out last year, but the stock issues continued into this year. And I think everyone was kind of just waiting for them to be back in stock. And then I think around April, they're like, yeah, we're not going to make these anymore. So that was a fun part of the year. Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even remember how I got one. I think I, I got lucky on BestBuy.com or something, but I, I didn't pay a scalper because that was just pure madness. They were going for like over $200. And then they announced the SNES Classic and everyone... But, uh, yeah. Everyone immediately was like, I guess this is going to get canceled in three months, too. I think we all got NES Classics, though, didn't we? Like, without a relative problem? Like, even, I think Cat walked, didn't you walk into a GameStop yeah. and find two of them? I had got, uh, we had got one on Kijiji at, like, not an inflated, at a slightly inflated price, but not so much that I was, like, going on eBay and paying $300 for it or something. And then we walked into EB Games, which is probably very similar to your GameStop, I assume. I don't know. They're the same oh. company. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, GameStop, the story I'm at is GameStop bought EB Games out and then it was like a ton of money to switch over the signs i think is what i heard oh, okay. so they just left it eb in canada yeah well anyway john and i were in eb games and he was we were going through some stuff and i picked out what he wanted he's like i'll go pay for this you keep looking and uh he's like yeah i'll take those two um uh, of the little nes minis and i like burst out laughing and i came over and there were actually two of them there she's like yeah they've been here for like four weeks i was like what but uh it wasn't a kind of more obscure spot so it was this one in particular is in more of a high-end mall with like boutique shopping and like fine dining and like wine stores and stuff like that so it's not probably where most people are like hey let's go to eb games yeah it's just weird i, I mean i we're not saying that people didn't have issues because i know people definitely did and after i saw them like once here i never saw them again but yeah i i think all three of us got lucky with it what's how'd you guys do on the snes classic I, I got it actually right when it came out. I, I hit the pre-order button for two of them. I'm like, got one. I'm going to make a friend super happy. And then the SNES Classic, it kind of wasn't that hard to find. So I got rid of it at cost to uh, a guy on GameTZ, but it wasn't like, I just made your day with this $250 console. Yeah. Kat, did you wind up getting a SNES Classic? Yeah, I did. We uh, can't pre-order them here, uh, but we did luck out getting one within the first couple of days at one of the local stores. So it wasn't, it definitely wasn't as hard as the NES. Yeah, and and from what I'm seeing now, like I've seen a bunch of pictures on Instagram of people being like, "By the way, if you need a SNES Classic, here you go," and there's like a wall of them at Target. Oh my god! So I, I think the stock has finally arrived. I think that probably should have happened before Christmas, but I, I think people have. Uh, have something to use their gift cards on. Yeah, and I, I never saw that with the NES Classic. You'd never see like, oh, hey, well, there's 25 at my local Target. Anyone want one? But SNES Classic seems to be way more common. And are you yeah, guys because... actually using yours? Because mine are just both sitting here. But I think, Johnny, you actually use both of yours. Yeah, I do. I use my um, SNES Classic 
uh, quite a bit. I've been playing it. I think Reggie, like, just to go back to that point, I think Reggie Fizumi said they were going to deliver a lot more stock, and he wasn't lying, so that was a surprise. That was one of my surprises for this year. Yeah, I use mine. Uh, I've hacked it. It's a super easy hack. If you haven't done that, do that. It becomes a lot more useful. Yes, that's very true. Also, because I don't have, like, a dedicated... In all of my retro gaming room and everything, I don't have a CRT because I don't like them. They're huge and ugly. Oh, we don't either. <laughs> yeah. So something like the SNES Mini makes it very easy for me to plug into my TV, my big TV, where I actually game and then play. What I do have is, like, two long extension cables so it can reach the couch. But that's about it. Yeah, we use ours pretty often. I'm really bad for, like not playing games in like the rec room or the living room. I like to play video games in bed. So like in my bedroom, I have like an Xbox one and a PS4 and that's where the switch is. And those are great because I can just take them in and plug them in. They're easy. So we use ours quite a bit. They get a lot of use over Christmas with people being here. They tend to get a lot of use if we have a party or something. So I would say we've used them a fair amount more than I thought we would. Yeah. I'm finding it really good for RPGs right now. The ones Ones that you would typically buy like a repro cart for because you can download the ones with fan translations already embedded into them and then start playing them. So not that this is one people should rush out and get, but I just beat Dragon Warrior 1 again just because I was like, oh, I want to play Dragon Warrior 1 in 16-bit and see what that one was like rather than just pulling out like the Game Boy Color one. I was like, oh, I'll play the Super Nintendo version because they did a Dragon Dragon Quest 1 and 2 for the Super Famicom, but obviously you can toss that ROM right onto the SNES Mini and, and play it. So I did that. I just did that the other day. So. And anything that's not a handheld for you is a plus, right? <laughs> yeah, except for, I think, our next topic, the Nintendo Switch, which Tyler has a frowny face on. Why yeah, do you have I see a frowny that. Face? Oh, because it doesn't face. have a, a D-pad? Is Nintendo's first successful console without a D-pad, which sucks, because D-pads are awesome? There's no D-pad? All right, whatever. All? You can get what? the Pro Controller. I mean, Pro Controller is awesome. Oh. It's one of the best controllers I've ever used. But when you're using it in handheld mode and you want to play Blaster Master Zero, it's like, I don't want to use this. This The, the buttons, you can't use them. Uh, and I don't like playing 2D oh. games with an analog stick. That's funny because I, I very rarely play it out of the dock. Except while I was in Europe, I, I beat Mario Odyssey. Yeah, that's. I guess I didn't think about that. It does. That part doesn't have a D-pad. Do you think someone should make... One of those, uh, you know, the little Joy-Con with the D-pad on it for you? No, fuck that. I don't want to, I'm not going to, I don't like D-pads enough that I'm going to move to a third-party controller, but the second Nintendo releases, like, updated Joy-pads, this one has a D-pad on it for $80, I will definitely buy it. Because I've been about 50-50 playing it in dock or in bed, basically. Okay. Um, Kat, did you ever move on to the Switch? Yeah, oh yeah, we have one. I mean, but did, do you play it? Oh, yeah, I've been playing a little bit of Mario Odyssey, um, mainly Mario Kart. I don't know why. I've just been on a Mario Kart binge, but uh, I haven't played Zelda or anything yet. I think it's because you oh. like Mario Kart. I- I've heard that yeah. before. I do like Mario Kart. I like things that, until recently, because right now I'm on vacation somewhat, though I've mainly been working, so I don't know if that counts. I don't have time to like get sucked into something, and I'm kind of the person that like when I get going, I'm like, oh, well, there went eight hours, so I want things I can just be like, there's one little set of races, and I'm done. Go do something. Yeah, well, Mario Kart's great. I've been, my friend, he's down, so we've been playing, uh, you know, two-player races, heads up and stuff, so that's been fun. Um, oh, nice. You know, linked switches. 
So no split screens for us. Never done that yet. Sounds fancy. I haven't yet, but I I got one of my friends a Switch for Christmas, and uh, so I'm looking forward to doing that. Yeah, that's it's it's really fun. Uh, he keeps beating me, so that's unfortunate. By the way, that that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe box art, I think, is one of my favorite box arts of all time. It's just so damn colorful. I mean, no, most it of the Mario is... games have really good box art, but I think that one especially is awesome. So there was this weird thing that came out. Did you guys see the Steelbook that came out for this thing? It sucks. What did they do? It's so ugly. Who would want God, that? It is. I mean, I bought it, I, the steel case, separately, but I'm why? I'm going to have to Google this. It has oh, a it is blank red ugly. spine. Like, who would want this on their shelf instead of that beautiful regular box? It is It is not attractive. Yeah. I'm like, guys, like, because like you were saying, it was such a color, colorful box art. And you're like, oh, man, this game looks great. Ugh. Blah. What happened here, guys? It, yeah. Can someone explain to me the appeal of collecting steelbooks? Like, I get Steelbooks that are awesome. they're cooler than just the shitty eco-packaging we get now, but why would you have a collection of just, like, random games that come in this packaging? Because there's a lot of garbage that comes in Steelbooks. I don't understand it. Well, here, here the, I, and there's a difference in Steelbooks, too. Here's the Steelbooks I like. I like Steelbooks that are flat and have an actual spine on them. So, like, they've put, uh, they've overlaid, like, an aluminum piece on the spine so you can actually read a title. And they're flat. Unfortunately, a lot of steelbooks come out and they're like aluminum tins, you know, and they have like 3D pushouts. So then nothing sits flush and then they get dented and stuff. Not not a big fan. I don't even think I've seen one that's like weird in 3D, but I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're like I can show you some, but they're like, yeah, they have like it looks like any stupid tin you'd find. You're like, oh, cool. Mario tin instead of like a game kit. It's not I don't like it. Well, isn't isn't Steelbooks a brand? I thought it's a brand, and people collect specifically Steelbooks brand, like whatever games they happen to put out. Is it? I don't think it's a brand because like DVDs come out in them and stuff like as but exclusives. It's, go to Steelbook.com or Steelbooks.com. Oh. It's a brand. <laughs> well, I'm sure some maybe somebody branded out that type of metal casing as specifically Steelbooks. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's other games that come in like metal tins that I've seen called Steelbooks. Maybe they aren't specifically Steelbooks. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm using it as like a generic like um, Kleenex. Well, that's fine. <laughs> if that's how you want to refer to them, that's fine. But no, I like they look nice mostly, but sometimes that I mean sometimes they're cumbersome. They, like also they get dented, which yeah. you know, and then you, it's harder to find cases for them, like uh, protective cases. So that's hard too. For a few games, maybe, but... What games you know, do you in need to put run, in a protective case that's a steelbook? They all came out in, like, the last 15 years, right? It's all well, cheap stuff. Well, I mean, like, seriously, like, your Wii games, any of your Wii or Wii U games that have, like, the cutouts in, like, just for disc-based games, I would put those in, like, a plastic box protector, like you would a cardboard box, just because they're so flimsy that if anything hits it, it can puncture the art. I guess I just live on the edge. Yeah. <laughs> So there's a pro and con to both, probably. Yeah. But as far as the Steelbook ones, I, I don't know. I, and that's why I'm asking you if you wanted to, like, so the paint doesn't get rubbed or something, because those metal, like a lot of times you smash your games into a, a bookshelf and if you've got them in there tight and you pull it out, then you would get rubbing on that paint, you know, and then, yep. then that Steelbook would not look as nice. So that's where that's an fair. instance where I could see that you might put it in a protector. 
I'm not saying you should. It's not like, hey, go do this. But if you wanted to, I don't think they make protectors in that size yet, or it wouldn't fit quite right. Also, then when you have a steelbook, then the shelf doesn't look right because you have like one game that stands out in the middle, like just messes up your shelving. I prefer uniform packaging 100%. Yep. And also, if you put your steelbook in a plastic protector, you're ruining 100% of the appeal of having the steelbook. Just saying. Even if you're keeping it nice, it's because you can hold it and it's like nice and cool. Yeah. Back to the Switch. Yeah, I think the the point of the Switch is, man, remember how everyone's like, the Switch is going to suck and bomb? Uh, I think we're a year past that now, over a year now. I think thumbs up. I think the Switch is doing it. I think it's kind of mediocre. There's, you think so? There hasn't been a ton that is really grabbing me. Like I don't, I don't care about all these uh, low-res re-releases like Skyrim or Doom or L.A. Noir. So it's really just Nintendo games that have been grabbing me right now. Well, I mean, but you say like low, uh, low-res re-releases, but is that really? I mean, everybody put out the re-release of like L.A. Noir and and Skyrim. Yeah, I mean, I know everyone has had that, but, like, people point to, like, Doom as, like, oh, it's so cool, I could play Doom on the go. And I'm like, I don't want to play freaking Doom on the go. I want the experience when I'm playing Doom. Oh, I I think I think it's interesting. More interesting than that is that there's a Doom back on a Nintendo console, which is a much darker tone than, uh, say, what was going on on the Wii or the Wii U. I mean, I guess that's true. You could point to the mature games on those, though. I mean, you've got their Bayonetta and your Mad World. Like, they've always had, like, their kind of flagship mature game that they use to kind of, like, hide the fact that the entire library is really family-friendly. Yeah. Uh, but sales have been pretty good on the Switch. It's it's getting titles like that. Like, I don't think the Wii U would have got a remake. I mean, aside from, like, capability-wise. You know, I don't think those developers were even that interested. I don't think any so developer I, I, was interested in the Wii U. No. So that's that's where I point to the successes. Like, sure. these games, you may not be interested in, but I think it's a success overall that people are trying. You know, so first year, I think thumbs up, and it still has a long way to go. The library's getting big. I've seen people start to collect for it, which I think is interesting. Now I'm starting to see collector's lists, and uh, people are getting into it, so... We'll we'll see how that goes. I mean, you're I you're messaging me. I still have yet to me. play it on the TV. <laughs> You've yet to play it on the TV. Yep, I've only ever played it as a handheld. Oh man, when you sit down and drop that thing in the dock and grab a pro controller, it is sweet. <laughs> oh, you're, you're kind of biased. No, the pro controller is awesome. Yeah, the pro. I, it's one of the best controllers I've ever used. I love it. It's so good. Yeah, it's really good. Like it a lot. Okay, so Tower, you got this other note here. The Wii Shop is dying. Yeah, the Wii Shop's dying. I think that's happening in a couple months now. So that's fun. Like on the on the Nintendo Wii, like the Wii, the actual Wii, not the Wii U. I mean, you can get to it on the Wii U too, because the Wii U has a Wii built in yeah. it. But yeah, all those games. There are some cool games on there. I think the the Rebirth games, the Castlevania yeah. Contra Rebirth. I think there's another one. Yeah, there. God, there's. Is there a Gradius Rebirth or something? Yeah, it was it was a shooter, I think, but. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, all those games will will just be gone forever, which is always a really? fun thing in game collecting. So, but if you've got it downloaded, you're still good. But if not, they're gone forever. You can't purchase them legally anymore. I'm sure you could easily okay. pirate these games. Uh, okay, but... so it's just the purchasing part that's going away. It's not they're not back sucking your games out. Like by the way, you can't have it anymore. Yeah. Yep. So this is just one of those things I point to with like, you motherfuckers didn't release these physically and now they're going to be gone forever because you didn't want to let me buy it 
So hopefully someone like Limited Run Games can can resurrect them from the dead somehow. That would, Put them out for four you know, times the price. I wonder I wonder if that's part of the plan, right? Uh because they limited run. That was one of the big surprises, right? That limited run announced that they were going to be able to put out Switch games. Maybe like is there you think we can speculate whether any of these, like the rebirth titles, might be some of the ones to wind up? Or some of those eShop games might be the ones to wind up for the Switch? Have you seen you think... the list of limited run games? They basically will take whatever indie game they can get their hands on because they know they can sell it for $30. So if there's a game that's well, $3, they're like, yeah, we, we'll sell that for you. Well, the Rebirth games are kind of specific, right? Because they are like they were all, what, Konami games? Yeah. Like, like that that's not just an agreement with Nintendo. That's an agreement with Konami. But if they put out Rebirth games, I would be super excited for that. Because the Castlevania Rebirth game was great. It was really fun. Yeah, I've never played any of them, but I, I'm going to go buy them before the, the Wii Shop dies. I think if, oh, yeah, if yeah. Limited Run Game gets something that's actually like a physical exclusive that is on a now-dead platform, that would be a huge release for them. But they usually get all these little bullshit indie game releases, which, I mean, they could be fine, but I'm not going to pay ten times what a game is going for on Steam just to own a bare-bones release of it. Yeah, that's true. I feel like the Nintendo already has like a bunch of games like that that they already release at the $30 price point, which I've noticed on the Switch. So it'll be interesting to see what Limited Run actually gets and puts out. But whatever it is, it's going to sell like mad because it's Nintendo and and it's exclusive. Oh, and Nintendo and Limited? Cat's super into it. <laughs> into what? Into Limited, limited Run limited run Games having Switch titles. Oh my god, no. Titles. <laughs> Absolutely not. That's that's the world we live in. Johnny, you're going to get every single one, though, right? Like, you could say fuck off limited run games when they're releasing PlayStation games, but they release some Nintendo games. You got to get them all. Yeah, it's a much worse situation. <laughs> it just never ends for you. Speaking of a much worse situation, new SNES games, Unholy Night and Street Fighter 30th Anniversary, were released too much. Uh, like, people are trying to act like they love this street fighter cart and i think you even posted it tyler but let's be real that was a hundred dollars for like a shitty shittily done game that looks ugly and why was it a hundred dollars why why is this a thing i hate when companies release a like what's supposed to be a collectible and then it already has the collectible limited price built in because this is realistically right. a $25 item, but they're like, okay, we're only going to make so many of them, and now it's $100. Like, why would you pay more than $100 for it? It's already got that limited price built into the MSRP, so it's just totally stupid to me. I have not looked, because I did not buy it. I had the opportunity to and said, nope, I'm not going to spend this $100. I haven't looked on the secondary market at all. Are, now that it is actually hitting people's hands, are people paying more than the hundred for it? I think they're going in the two hundreds, yeah, which is ridiculous. Because I think people is... always pay more for something they need to have or think they need to have. I know, but that's like like he's saying they already put it at that price because it did not cost a hundred dollars to produce that fucking piece of shit. Oh, there are people Ugh. they're shilling it on Nintendo Ways. They're like, this is a real licensed release. This counts as part of the set now, and they're so hardcore about it. They're like, this is the rarest SNES game now. So. I just, I think it's pretty funny. Those guys are incorrect. Get out of here. GTFO. I don't see Nintendo having licensed this. That's weird. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Is the Nintendo seal of approval on it? 
It doesn't seem like it is. It does count as the unlicensed set, though. I mean, I'm not one of these people who puts modern releases in their own special category. This counts just as much as Super Noah's Ark 3D or Max to me. Sure. Sure, but I, if you said you had the set and didn't own those, I would agree with you. Oh, yeah. Also, do you want to talk so. about what a piece of shit Unholy Night is? Oh, my God. That game is awful. Uh, didn't... Didn't we talk about it on the podcast? Oh, did we? Uh, I think I played it one of the weeks and I, I brought it up. It is just a broken piece of garbage. It freezes on me. It runs at like 15 frames a second. It's also in a Famicom shell. That's true. Yeah, that makes it cool, right? It's interesting. No, it makes it awful. Oh, it, it, does, it stands out on your shelf. Ugh. Blah. <laughs> no, it's bad. Kat, I don't know if you got to see these, but they're bad. They're all no, bad. No, I haven't seen them. And then, like, here's here's the other part that's getting crazy now. So we have those two. Those are, like, flagship titles that, like, got launched very publicly. But then the, we have the Retrobit multi-carts that are out now. These are crazy to me, and I don't know how to feel about these. Have you seen these, Kat? No, I haven't. I've heard of them, but I haven't seen them. I've been so out of the loop. <laughs> these things? I, I mean, I don't even know what to make of these things. And these are... Tower, you know more about them. Were they specifically made for the analog NT? I don't think they have anything to do with the analog NT, do they? No, I don't know. That's it's just why... Retrobit, because they have Retrobit puts out their own emulation consoles, and they put okay. out these. They announced either earlier this year or last year that they were going to put out like a big multi cart, and instead they put out a bunch of really small multi carts. And it's kind of weird because some of the games on them like don't even add up in cost to the MSRP. So like I, like one of the Data East things, it's like thirty five dollars if you wanted to buy real cartridges of all the games, or you could buy this thirty five dollar multi cart. I don't really understand it. Yeah, okay. I don't. So which packs are there so far? There's the Jalco one, right? There's Data East, the Data East collection. Woo. Uh, there's the Joe and Mac one. Right? I think that's it. I think there's only the three. And then there's a there's an NES one as well. Oh, is there? The NES is uh, the Data East All-Stars. It's got oh, okay. Burger Time and some other stuff that doesn't matter because it's not Burger Time. And these aren't out yet, right? These are just pre-orders? Uh, I think they just came out. I've seen some people post them on Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is crazy to me. And how much are these things running? Like 30 bucks, right? You yeah, can you can just Amazon. buy them. Yeah, they're just going to be out there. Yeah. I don't think they're ever going to be rare. I mean, some of the cool things are that there's some Super Famicom games that they put on there. So technically, this is the first time that they've been released in the United States. I mean, I'm I'm not buying it because of that, but that's a thing. So what I find interesting is the Joe and Mac Ultimate Collection has Joe and Mac 1 and 2 and then also Congo's Caper. I don't know anything about Congo's Caper. I'm assuming it's a spin-off of Joe and Mac. I don't know. It's like a there's like a dinosaur in it. Uh I'm so I'm curious what's going on there. So those are interesting. They're out. They're on Amazon. You can buy them for like roughly $35 each. I bought the NES one. I don't know. Did you? I don't think it's a great deal or anything, but yeah, it's some interesting thing that happened in 2017 and I like NES a lot. Yeah. Yeah, the NES. I look, man. I've got uh I'm looking at it right now on Amazon. Twenty nine ninety nine. You can buy it, and you can get it shipped next day for free if you have Prime. Oh, how do people live without Prime? I don't. I don't know. I I I have to tell people. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm sorry. If you have Prime, and then I I look at them waiting for a go, for them to go. 
of course I have Prime. And then they go, oh, I don't have Prime. And I look. What, what are they I doing? I keep looking at the. I don't know. It's very confusing. Guys, Prime is worth it. It makes your life easy. But have Prime. And now the stupid Prime app is on Apple TV finally. So if you got one of those, you can finally watch all the stupid Prime shows on your Apple TV. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yep, that just happened. They, oh. they talked about it happening forever, and it finally released, like, the very, like, right before Christmas. So, yeah, go download download your Prime app, and you can watch Prime Video now on your Apple. Yeah. That's yeah. super cool. This podcast yeah, brought yeah. to you by Amazon. Amazon Prime uh, and, is just seventy nine ninety nine a year. Or maybe $100 yeah. a year. I don't even know. Free two-day shipping. It's worth it. Go oh, on. absolutely. If you order enough stuff, it doesn't take long for it to pay for itself. Agree. I wish they would pay us to say that, but <laughs> I I believe I believe Amazon Prime is the right choice with all of my heart. And also, they yeah. run Audible. Go to audible.com slash podcast and you'll hit an HTTP 404 error. Yeah. The, the, the other funny thing is Audible is also something I love a super whole bunch, even before Amazon owned it. Yeah, I love Audible, too. Yeah. That's another great thing. We should start a book club podcast. Okay. Uh, I actually already have an idea for a book club podcast. <laughs> I haven't have a name and everything. What? All uh, right. So I'll, I'll tell you about it later. Yeah. This is our. Well, my friends and I are we're, we're nerds. We like books, so we talk about them. I can sympathize with that. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on. So wait, um, hold on. Go, in, go into these new Super Nintendo games. So I know you're out on the uh, the Street Fighter. If they released a quote unquote better game, would you be in? So say they release Space Megaforce or Mega Man X, or I think the best one would be like Super Mario World. Would you get the re-release? Well, I, you can look at Joe and Mac too, because like Joe and Mac and Joe and Mac Two are expensive, right? And now yeah. I can own them for thirty-five dollars. Yeah, that's that's a bullshit multi-cart. If you get the fancy re-release of Super Mario World, say Nintendo licensed it and they made Super Mario if World Ninten for a hundred dollars. Look, if if Nintendo licensed. A Super Mario World like re-release and like a special green cartridge. Yeah, I would do it. What I would sell blood or whatever needed to happen. Sure. <laughs> okay. Like we we know this, but Street Fighter. When you take a fucking game that you can buy complete for fifteen dollars on eBay, and then tell me, by the way, this one's a red cartridge and it also might catch your house on fire. And it's also not even the good Street Fighter from the era, and. Like and and it's a hundred dollars. Get out of here. So I think get out of here I with that nonsense. I think the price of a factory sealed original SNES Street Fighter is like a hundred dollars. So you can get a real Street Fighter too for the same price. Sealed. Sealed. Yeah. Right. Or you can buy this one, which might catch your house on fire. <laughs> That's a very valid point. And if you look at the wiring on that thing, it's a mess. Johnny, no one is going to even put this in a console. The only people who are I opening know. up just want to know if they get the glow-in-the-dark one. Well, and that's the other thing. So is the glow-in-the-dark one a separate one? Do you need both of them? This is the stupidest trend in video games right now. Limited Run did the same thing with the pink frisbee with Windjammers, like putting in secret oh. stuff and making them into like little loot crates. They're, they are, look, when you take a limited item... And then you're like, oh, this is a super limited item. And now we've made it even more limited. That shit is nonsense. You already created a collector's item. Don't fucking go the extra mile and be in, like, what? who are you serving there? You already know a limited item. You, you're you only making 100 of them. You know that 100's going to sell out. What are, you, what are you doing? You're 2,000, they're going to sell out. So why make, why make 10 
10 ultra special ones. Who is that serving? You've already like you've already got enough interest. You're going to sell out regardless if you have that. So what is it? What are you doing? Maybe I don't maybe understand. There's people like on the edge of buying it, and they're like, "Oh, if I buy it and I get the super limited one, then I'll definitely have got my money's worth." Maybe it's but just people chasing those, that gambling. But that's, but that's what I'm saying. You're already at the sellout point. You're you're going to sell out re- regardless of that one's in there. Yeah, you're right. I have, I have no fucking idea why people do why they do this. This is new in 2017. Have we ever seen this before in video games before now? Well, here here's what I would point to, and this will get to our conversation that's going to happen later, about is there a crash coming or anything like that. In comics and figures, when they did a bunch of these ridiculous special editions and like Chromium and Ultra Chromium covers, that's when it totally crashed the market, right? Yep. Because it, it created false frenzies. And people don't like it. Like, people couldn't take that Amiibos got special limited editions, like just Target only has this one. They lost their shit over that. Let's not make this a trend that happens. Okay, guys, I, I'm not totally not interested in super limited, limited ones. <laughs> the rarest, rarer one. Like, get out of here. I, I don't. Let's hope this doesn't go any further. Oh, I think I think. Have you seen uh, going into another one of our topics? Assassin's Creed Origins has seven limited editions. I think the concept of an exciting limited edition is totally dead to me. Because there's just too many limited editions and big games get multiple limited editions now. So you could pay up to $800 for Assassin's Creed Origins if you really want to. Yeah, that's that's stupid. And I'll, like, I'll wrap it down since we were kind of talking Nintendo and Switch a little bit. I will point at one game that makes me want to put my fist through a wall. NBA 2K18. There's NBA 2K18. There's the early tip-off edition the standard edition, and I'm not clear whether the early tip-off edition has anything but, like, a different, like, card in it, but the outer box looks exactly the same. So, standard edition, they have the legend edition, which has got Shaq on it and a cardboard box, and then it's got, like, some poster, and then it's got the Legends Gold edition, which was, like, a GameStop exclusive. So that's four of the same thing, and it's a sports title, which is, like, extra cringy. Video games are, they're pay what you want now. As long as the minimum is $60, you can pay whatever you want to play a video game. Right. Yeah, and that gold edition was 150 <laughs> So it went it went 60 60 100 and 150 on, on those prices. Did you buy all of them? I did not. I, did, I bought, um, I did buy the Legend Edition because I found it for $30. Okay. I'm really looking forward to in like 20 years from now when people are like, oh, I got a full set of Switch. I got a full set of Xbox One. I'm like, oh, you got you got all seven versions of Assassin's Creed Origins. I need need to know that you have all seven. It doesn't count unless you do. Well, then I say, no, you only need one because I got the game. Like, <laughs> oh, but your collection isn't the best. I've got all seven of them myself. <laughs> and then they'll like really argue the point. They'll be like, no, this is serious. You can't go around saying you have a full collection if you don't have all oh, seven. It- yeah, no, there's gonna be there's gonna be some actual fights. I, I don't know who like there will be internet tough guys about this for sure. I forgot to mention there's also a stupid cat and I blame you Canadian only cover, which features Demar Derozan on that NBA two eighteen. Okay, so, are you thanks, wanting cat. me to find it for you or? Maybe we'll see if it when when I notice that it goes on sale for like twenty bucks or like twenty or thirty Canadian whatever. I'll let you know. Okay, sounds good. Well, you know, we had right. Mattel logos way back when, so, you know. I know. 
damn Canadian exclusives. It continues on. I like my Mattel Uh, logos. (laughs) I like your Mattel logos, too. Kat, it's really nice of you to pick some stuff up for Johnny, because he just went to the Louvre and got that cool Mona Lisa DS museum tour game. Didn't get one for me. I didn't know you wanted it. <laughs> I would have. I, there was a stack of them. Oh, I'm so, yeah. I didn't I didn't realize you were going there. It's like one of the only DS games I actually want. I was going to, I was going to Paris. Of course I was going to the Louvre. Oh, yeah, I'm kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope if you went to Paris and came back and said you didn't do that, it would be like, okie dokie then. Yeah, like they're just not on eBay. Like uh, you go on eBay France and there's like three French copies for sale. Why isn't someone fucking meeting the demand? What are you doing, Frenchies? That that includes you, you Kat. I'm not French. (laughs) And also not by the Louvre. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think you're really, really uh, kind of off the point here. (laughs) Canadians are French. Some Uh, Canadians are. (laughs) The other thing is, to even get to the gift shops in the Louvre, I think you have to pay the entry fee. But there's also like a mall. I'm not really sure. I'm not sure if you can make it to the gift shop without paying. No, you can. You can totally make it to the gift shop without even paying to go in. Yeah, I I don't know. Doesn't that go for like some money though? I think there's like a pretty big premium over MSRP, so it would almost be worth it to flip them. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't looked. I bought mine and it was I think twenty euro. So it was like roughly 25 bucks, you know, I, I didn't like, it wasn't cost prohibitive. I would have bought 10 of them had I known that people were interested because they're not, they're also not NTSC releases. Oh, I don't care. I actually, I actually want to play it and I don't want to okay. buy the stupid digital copy. So whatever. Okay. Well, well, had I known, we, we plan on going back in like three years if that helps. Perfect. All right. Yeah. I'm sure that'll be great. Uh, it'll be discontinued by then. Yeah, Analog NT Mini and Super NT. Uh, you you want to talk about these towers? Because I don't care about these. Oh, wow. I don't know what, what? these are. <laughs> oh, the Analog NT Mini? It's got a... It's a remake NES with an FPGA, but the FPGA can also be programmed to emulate, like, basically every console of the 8-bit era. So it's, it's way better than, like, an emulation system because it's running all the games in an FPGA so it's a hardware simulation rather than emulation. A lot of people don't care about that and this thing costs $450 for no reason. So I think it was cool except for the fact that I have an original analog NT and I don't like a lot of things about it and most of those come from the fact that it's in a stupid aluminum case. So I could rant about the analog NT all day, but this is it's a cool thing that will run any old game and they're even making cartridge and controllers adapters. So, you know, you could plug, theoretically, a ColecoVision controller and a real ColecoVision cartridge into it. But just because I hate the Analog NT's design so much, like, it has an aluminum case, I actually get static shocks, and it kind of messes up the game whenever I touch it. It's just, uh, I could rant about this for a while. But they also yeah. announced the Super NT, only $190, which is a remake uh, SNES with HDMI out. So that looks pretty cool. I don't know. You guys don't care. Even Johnny, who's Mr. Super Nintendo here, he's like, HDMI Super Nintendo that plays real cartridges? No thanks. I'll stick to my SNES Classic. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in the Super NT than the Analog NT. If it if it does all like the old 8-bit stuff that the Analog NT Mini does, I'm definitely getting one because it doesn't have that stupid aluminum case. So, yeah. come on, Analog guys, you want another 190 bucks? just add all that stuff to the Super NT. Yeah, I'm curious about that one. I, I'm not opposed to it or anything, but, you know, uh, it's like I retro game 
more sparsely than a than a modern game. I know people get so tweaked when I say that, but modern games you know, are bullshit, Johnny. They're just you just run through the story, and there's no challenge, and they're twenty hours long. Okay, <laughs> I just beat Cuphead, but that's fine. Uh, that was kind of hard. People seem to like Cuphead. There's always an exception, uh, and I'm I'm fine with just playing games for the story. I like RPGs. It's not like I'm a super Twitch gamer before, anyways. Like I do like some shmups from back in the day, but uh, a lot of what I'm doing is, uh, you know, Cuphead and Bullshit, Call of Duty. Like, life like is that. strange. We could talk about it later. Yeah, cat. <laughs> We won't throw Cat under the bus about Life is Strange, but we will go on to the special editions, and they're dumber than ever, like you were saying, with seven big boxes for Origins. And that's just the special editions. Like, they include the same statue in different sizes. It's the craziest shit. Yeah. Breath of the Wild did something similar with the Master Edition and the Special Edition, and that was annoying. I think both of them are enormous. I don't have either. I kind of want the Master Edition, though. The Special Edition box is gigantic. But it did come with a Switch carrying case that I actually use when I take the Switch with me. So it was actually useful. That one was 100 bucks. I wish I would have got the Master Edition, but it didn't because it had that cool sword uh, in the Triforce, the Master Sword statue. Yep. But that box is gigantic, too. It's even bigger than that. But, yeah, I, I keep that Special Edition box, like, stashed in a cupboard that I never open because it's too big. It's too big to be real. And then they just did the the Explorer's Edition, which is cool. It comes with a little Explorer's Guide and a map. And that's like a that's not too big of a box. That, that one will fit on your shelf normally. Yeah, that was a good idea Bigger by than them. a Switch case. They're like, oh, people aren't going to want to buy this game that came out, you know, six months ago at full price. They're like, what if we put in a little manual with it? So, yep. smart move, Nintendo. Oh, you guys want to know something about it? Uh, I will tell you... We'll go for the deep cut on this Here one. Here we go. All right. So the UPC on the back of the cardboard outer box is obviously different. But the, there's a UPC on the the switch case, you know, the plastic case inside that actually holds the card. And it's a, it's not for resale. And that's the same, has the same UPC, same case and everything that is in the Master Edition and the Special Edition. Ooh. Has the same U, UPC as those. So, if you are one of those people who assembles games piece by piece, like if you were buying the Master Edition and you you bought the sword and you found someone who sold the box, but you were trying to get the case, you can go buy the Explorer's Edition and put that one in there. It's exactly the same. I feel like people take such meticulous care of all their video games because they're worried about the collectible value that we're never going to see like a loose special edition with just the stuff minus the game. But I don't know. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. Look on eBay. Like, you can look on eBay right now. I guarantee you will find a Master Edition Zelda box by itself. Oh, because people are just, they're just selling it because they're like, well, I got the game. I bet I could sell all these components for more than I paid for it, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. So that's a thing that happens. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, agree. Uh, the Mario Rabbids one, that giant one, Sonic Mania. I'm still not even sure if that if we, that counts as a game, but they, yeah, the boxes are getting ridiculous, guys. Knock it off. Ooh. That's a good good topic. Does Sonic Mania count as a game, assuming no, it never gets not... a real release? Ugh, it's gonna it'll get like a game of the year release. I'm praying. Right, I really yeah. want to play it, but I'm not gonna. A uh, platinum hit or whatever it's called. I know that they're gonna come out with it. They have to. So. Yeah, they even released a stupid manual for it at Comic Con. What? So annoying. 
Yeah. A Comic Con exclusive manual to put with your game that yeah. you don't have? Because of the. Yeah. It, let's move Guys, on. Guys, video it's games are crazy. Thing. Yes. Uh, you want to talk about the Atari box at all? I mean, we're starting to go <laughs> I, I pretty put, long. I put Atari box, comma, LOL, because <laughs> yeah. it's a nope. Linux computer for $300. They haven't announced any software for it. Some people think it's going to be the next phantom vaporware thing. So I just thought it was yeah. funny to mention that that's a thing that happened this year. Yep. So we'll get to some of the last points here real quick. FIFA 14 was found for the Wii in Mexico. Somehow people didn't know about this. Though some of us had seen it before. I actually didn't realize it wasn't on the list. A few of us had it and some of us didn't. I actually caved and bought one. So that was upsetting. <laughs> So it was going for like $300 immediately after that. And then like right after that happened, people started throwing a bunch more up on eBay and people were like, oh, these are kind of out there, aren't they? Yes. I didn't pay $300. Um, I think they're still going for over 200 though. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I got mine for 140 I feel sad about that and I'm sure I'll be punished for it later, but I've got most of the big Wii titles out of the way. So it was just like, fine, I'll just bite the bullet on this stupid Wii game. There's like one other big title I don't have, and I'm just super annoyed with it. And it's a stupid double pack, so that's even more annoying because I own both of those games singularly. So that's news that happened in the retro world. People were all abuzz about that. And um, the last thing before we talk about the the big part of it, um, which we won't spend too much time on, is the Mario cereal. Guys, what what the F about Mario cereal? Cat, have you found any? No, I didn't even know this was a thing now. Like, I knew about it, like, a long time ago, but I didn't know this was, like, a resurgent thing now. So, what is the big deal? Do you know what the big deal about the cereal is? Why people are all into it? Well, you had mentioned it had something to do with Amiibos, which I don't understand either. (laughs) The box is an Amiibo. Okay. The box itself. Like, the paper, cardboard box. Yeah. No one on this podcast knows what that Amiibo actually does. That is something I will find out about today. Did you buy I, a box of overpriced cereal? I did not. I had a friend buy a case and, and generously bring me a box. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. I was starting so, to be a little worried about you. Yeah. Nope. Uh, I got this for Freezies, and I'll, you know, if he wants the cost of a box of cereal, I'll, I'll gladly give him the $3. <laughs> Anyone else have anything to say except people are ridiculous and please don't pay eBay bright. Don't pay eBay prices for cereal boxes. I think that sums it up. But if you do, make sure you get a cereal box protector for it, which is a thing that exists. Also, collecting food is kind of gross. Don't do it. Yeah. Like, if you want to take... Like, I think some of the old Nintendo cereal boxes are awesome, but just take the cereal out of them and then fold down the box or or display the box. Yep. And there are definitely people who have, like, sealed Nintendo cereal in their collection. I'm like, I don't... They do. (laughs) I don't Um, want food among my collection. You know, this is one of the few times I advocate, like, seriously, just open that shit. Just please. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not like I trust the plastic seals on cereal to hold, especially from the 80s. (laughs) So, anyways, yeah, that's it. Don't don't buy it on eBay. Just wait. I don't even know if I would buy it for $3 if I saw it. I mean, I'm more of a crackling oat brand kind of guy. You would buy at least one for the Amiibo. You'd, you'd do it to... What the fuck would I do it's with it? I don't... I'm going to cut out the Amiibo. I'm not keeping the box. I'm not keeping a box of cereal in my collection. I'm starved for room told, as it is. I told uh, Archon Turtle, shout out to you, buddy, for hooking me up with that cereal, 
that I want another box because I'm going to cut the amiibo portion out. So if the amiibo does anything actually useful, I don't have to have a giant fucking box of cereal by my side. <laughs> so, yeah. People are like, what are you going to do with the cereal? I'm like, well, if it's good, I'll eat it. If not, I'll pour it in the garbage can. <laughs> it looks like Lucky like, Charms. Oh, my right? God. Yeah, yeah, it looks like Lucky Charms. I like Lucky Charms, so that's that's all right with me. All right, guys. Serious question. There's been a lot of talk this year, and uh, I'll let you lead us on this. Cat, has has the bubble bursted? Are we all out of our investments? Can we all not afford to retire now on our investment that is video game collecting? Well, if we were investing to retire on video game collecting, I'm not sure that was a good investment. But uh, no, for the most part, everything looks kind of flat with minor things nothing's had like um, an amazing spike like you're not going to go into your game room and see something that was worth like 20 trillion times what you paid for it likely no it's it's all flat and we have a few to illustrate that and tyler i think you can run through a few for us and just tell us like where the prices were in january of last year versus where they are at the end of this year and these are just Look, individual game prices will vary, as they always do. That's why cherry-picking one game out of a slot is a bad idea. And we will, we'll, we, you know, the Turbo Graphic is a perfect place to go to illustrate that point, but we're not going to go there yet. Tyler, give us a few systems and the rundown about how prices stayed flat. It, all right, these, these numbers are amazing. And yes, the bubble has completely burst. I'm going to have to eat my Rescue Rangers too, because I'm completely destitute now. Uh, but all right, so here we go. NES Loose Cart, beginning of the year. It was forty three seventy one on average. End of the year forty three twelve. So uh, bubble burst on Nintendo games. Super Nintendo. We've got beginning of the year twenty four thirty five for a loose cart. End of the year twenty four twenty nine for a loose cart. Prices down across the board. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty crazy. I think. Uh, did you already say what consoles we're doing? Is PlayStation One the next one? Uh, PlayStation One and Genesis are four major examples. All right. So PS One. We're going to do complete because no one cares about disc only. It went from 1374 at the beginning of the year to 1406. So, oh, shit. Uh, and, play, and PlayStation had some some big hitters drop in price this year. So that's weird. Price up. Okay. Genesis. Getting there. Tyler. Getting there. Oh. Damn <laughs> it, Tyler. Uh, so complete on Genesis 2 because no one cares about Genesis card only. Went from 2566 to 2583. It's up a few cents. Oh, so actually, damn. guys, the bubble hasn't burst, and uh, everyone with a full Genesis set here, meaning Johnny, is actually getting rich now. Woo! <laughs> Making that money. So wait, seven hundred games times a thirty cent increase. Holy shit! I'm in the hundreds, guys. Dude, who said Bitcoin was going up? Genesis games are going up. <laughs> Crazy. Cryptocurrency is a topic for another day. <laughs> So there are a few examples of some extremes. Tyler, you want to talk about how exciting the 32X is. So there's two big winners, I think, and that is the Sega 32X, which continued its crazy climb, especially boxed copies. Uh, They went from uh, $48 to $60 this year because for whatever reason, people want a full set of something and they're choosing 32X which I'm not super familiar with it, but it has, what, three good games, maybe? Yeah, I mean, it's got... It, it's not a lot of great titles, It's but it hit a 25% increase. Like, your your big hitters on that are 
like Pitfall, obviously Spider-Man Web of Fire, and World Series Baseball with Deion Sanders, I want to say, are the three biggies. So World Series Baseball, if you want that now, it's over $200. Have fun. Are you serious? Jesus. Ugh. (laughs) I was mad when I paid like $35 for that game. Anyways, move on. So the actual interesting one is the uh, TurboGrafx-16, because that went from what was a hundred and seven dollars at the beginning of the year to a hundred and seventy one dollars for okay now game now this is what i want to talk about and this is why you don't cherry pick titles tyler how did magical chase do i with a jump like that i would expect that it's probably because like two magical chases sold and totally skewed the average magical chase went down it went from 6500 at the beginning of the year to 5800 at the end of the year uh, okay. Okay. Bad example. Uh, that must be the Legend of Hero Tome. Yeah. Right? So it's Legend of Hero. Tome. That's that's the one that totally bumped it up. It went from uh, eleven hundred at the beginning of the year to seven hundred fifty at the end of the year. So the big titles went down. No, it must have been. It was Bonk price... Three, which also uh, went down. The last Bonk Three sale was four hundred, as opposed to it selling to from five to seven hundred at the beginning of the year. So all the big titles are down a little bit. So it's just kind of all the mid-range titles are going, I guess, way up on TurboGrafx because it's not the heavy hitters driving the price. So, huh. All right. Well, good time to be a Turbo Collector. Is Congrats, it? You I don't money. think it's ever been a good time to be a Turbo Collector. Well, uh, well, if you were someone who already had like a Turbo set, congrats, you did it. You did it. You held on this to these your, games that year. you probably have no intention of selling, and arbitrarily the value has now increased. So yeah, hooray! If, if you ever your house burns down in a fire, that deductible will be easier to meet. So the bubble didn't burst, but I will say prices have been flat. We can all agree there was no like meteoric climbs like previous years. Is this an indicator of a potential decline? I don't know. I'm not an economic strategist. I can say that games are probably gonna be fine but yeah has there's been a sway of interest i don't know what the next thing is or what's gonna come out of all of this but everybody who said this is it the bubble is over there's no actually data that reflects that point there there were spikes and there was drops this year as i would expect a normal cycle to look like what we didn't see was just a large gain from the year before which like a lot of those years we saw gains this year we did not. So it'll be interesting to see if 2018 we actually finally see that big loss. If if common games go from being like $25 on the Super Nintendo back down to that 10 or $15 range. I don't think it will get to anything that drastic, but only time will tell. We'll, we'll check that out next January and let you know. So uh, guys, let's wrap it up with we don't need to talk about what we bought or what we're playing. Let's, so what let's the talk fuck? about We're going to make favorite... this podcast that short, Johnny? We haven't put out a podcast in the whole month. Oh, I, like, we can do a little bit of that, but I want to talk about what our favorite <laughs> games of 2017 were. So, Kat, what was your favorite game of 2017? I don't know if I really have a favorite. Like, I've played some good stuff, but it wasn't, like, one game that came out that I was like, this is my end-all, be-all, but I've... Not I even guess... Mario Kart for the Switch? I mean, that's that's definitely good, but I, I guess I've been waiting for something that maybe didn't come out. But if I had to pick um pick something, I would have to probably go with that one. All right. I'm going to pick for Tyler. I'm going to say Ninja Gaiden 3. So that's obviously my favorite game that I've played this year, yes. <laughs> if I had to pick one that came out in 2017, it would be Breath of the Wild. No surprise there. 
I mean, it was kind of a surprise because Skyward Sword, I thought, was just a complete dumpster fire of a Zelda game. So I'm like, I don't know about this Breath of the Wild, but yeah, that game's awesome. And I'm going to basically copy what you just said there. Uh, I was surprised by Breath of the Wild because I did not like Skyward Sword, which is a shame because I like some of the ideas and stories presented in Skyward Sword. I just hated playing it. I actually just hated playing every piece of that game. But Breath of the Wild I thought was awesome. I've even started up on the DLC again, and I'm having fun with that, even though I've already beat the game. Uh, Super surprised. I'm also really surprised about Mario Odyssey, because really when I saw the preview for it, I was like, yeah, it looks good, but throwing a hat around, I don't know if I'm going to like that. Totally like the hat mechanic. So I was super surprised by that. Also, I'm surprised by how much I've taken the Switch out of the dock. Which is not to say I do it a lot, but the fact that I do it all and, like, walk around with it. Like, I took my DS on that trip to Europe, and I didn't play it once. I played my Switch. Never traveled my Switch. Seems too big, but... It's it's not. I play in bed. If you've already got a suitcase, like, (laughs) and I have, like, a little case that it goes in, I just throw it in my backpack. It fits right in there. Yeah, it was great. It's nice. Yeah. I even bought, uh, when I got home, I was like, you know what I need? I need a portable dock. So I bought a portable dock. There you go. So those were our kind of surprises and our favorites. But what about disappointments? What was the most disappointing game or instance of 2017? Doesn't necessarily need to be a game, but disappointing moments. Can I go with like my my game I was disappointed in? Yeah. Okay, so I was really excited for ukulele and I friggin' hated it. Oh no. I think a lot of people were disappointed with ukulele. Yeah, Why was... did you hate it so much? Well, I don't know. I guess. It was, for me, I found it too easy in some spots, but then ridiculously hard, like frustrating. I'd kind of be like, I'm not doing this. And I'd pass the controller to John. He'd be like, I'm not doing this. And it just wasn't a game that was fun all the way through. Like, I do like games to be challenging, but it just kind of missed the mark on, on like, just like a fun gameplay. I thought it was going to be like a reminiscent of like some of those N64 era games that I liked and it just wasn't and it seems to kind of be a popular opinion I played it for a little bit and then I was like no and sold it because I was like I'm literally never going to put this back in the system so you do you really like I like Donkey Kong 64 and Banjo-Kazooie are some of my favorite games of all time but even liking those you couldn't extract enjoyment out of ukulele no, I, I, and that's what I thought it was going to be like. Like, I, I love Donkey Kong 64, and I was like, oh, this is going to have some really cool elements. And there were definitely some elements that were like that, and it was fun for the first probably hour and a half, and then after that, it just became, I guess, a little bit repetitive. So I was expecting it to be more like those era games, and it wasn't. That is a bummer. I'm waiting for it to be like 5 bucks or 250 on Steam, and I'm not going to pay full price for it. No, don't, because I think it's a waste of money to pay full price for. And and I've talked to, I think, like one person that's really liked it, but I've talked to more people who haven't been happy. It just didn't hit the mark. Yeah, I didn't play it, but that is sad to hear. Maybe, you know what game I would recommend for you, Kat? Maybe Lucky's Tale. I think uh, that's you what I'm playing like... right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was... I, I put All it right. in last yesterday. Took forever to download, so I only played about. Uh, we went out to a party last night. I played about an hour of it before. Uh, so far, so good, though. I've I've enjoyed it thus far, and I want to play a Hat in Time, which is supposed to be like an adorable kind of platformer game. And uh, so we'll see what that's like. I haven't picked it up yet, but okay. I haven't heard of that one. I'll check it out. 
Tyler, most disappointing thing for you in 2017. Let's stay away from movies and politics, though. Move on. <laughs> All right. It's it's the last Jedi. The new no um one two switch is such a piece of garbage. I think it's the third thing this podcast I'm calling a a fucking piece of garbage. But one two switch sucks. I thought it was gonna be like the Wii Sports the system, and I literally played every mini game once, and I haven't touched it again. You know I after reading the reviews because I bought it with the Switch, I returned it. I really and wish I, I returned it. I returned it and. Uh... Yeah, I wound up getting Mario Kart instead. Super good choice. I have it, Mar- but it is sealed. <laughs> I yeah. won't open it oh then. Oh my god. It... No, if you can return it, do it. If you look at the trailer, that's like, the trailer's the whole game, and there's no fun yep. to be had there. That's pretty much what I've heard. I bought it because there's this one game where uh, you have to, you kind of shake the controller around and try to figure out how many marbles are in it, and it shows off the HD rumble feature. I think it's kind of yeah. cool. But really, that's the only reason I like the game at all. That 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 seems cool. Also, I like the quick draw like game that looked really fun to me. But then everyone's like, no, nah, it's not even fun. It reminded me of Wild Gunman. I was like, oh, that you're calling back to my Wild Gunman youth. It's, and then, it's no. kind of fun, but no one's ever going to play it with me. I'm never going to sit down with anyone and I'm going to be like, yeah, I want to bring out one two switch for that Wild Gunman game. That one's kind of fun. They're going to be like, no, let's play something fun, actually. <laughs> Yeah. If I had to pick uh, two more disappointments, though, it's going to be the two story games I played. One being Life is Strange, because Johnny hyped that game to the fucking moon. I like <laughs> Life is it? Strange. I didn't hate it. Um, oh, I hate it. It was okay. Johnny made it seem like that game was some next level shit, and it was just some random I teen drama stuff. I just enjoyed it. I liked it. I'm I'm sticking to my guns what here. What character in that game do you like? They're all just the most I... insufferable idiots. I, I like games that play with time. It's, it has nothing to do with the main characters. It has to do with oh, the, the ideas. The whole game is the main characters. I mean, it's the butterfly effect stuff is kind of cool, except like at some point in the game, you get into a reality where everything is fucking great, except Chloe is screwed. And I'm like, holy shit, it finally happened. Everything's perfect. Roll the credits. But of course, I have no option to leave it like that because the game has to go on. But fuck Chloe. One of the worst video game characters ever. Maybe she's a great character because she gets on my nerves so much, but I just can't stand her. All right. Fair. Fair. And uh, uh, Firewatch would be my other disappointment. Just uh, Really? Yeah. Didn't like it? it I mean, really nice production values and, and voice acting, but it kind of didn't, didn't go as exciting as I wanted it to go. Okay. So my disappointments for this year, like they, they lie on the modern side. Shadow of War. What a what a piece of garbage that was. Really? People didn't like that? Did people like that one? I thought people liked it. I did not. Like, it was just... Like, come on, guys. I, the first one is so good. I thought it was kind uh, of a Mass rehash Effect? of the first one. No, it's supposed, to, it's supposed to be so much more. Anyways, it, like... I loved me some Lord of the Rings stuff. Anyways, that was not great. Mass Effect... Andromeda. I like the Mass Effect series. I was really disappointed with, with the way the third one ended. And then I tried to play that one, and that that might as well be Indiana Jones 4 in the sense that there's only three Mass Effect games. You know, the way there's only three Indiana Jones movies. I mean, I, I never played Mass Effect Andromeda, because that's what I've heard, and I didn't want it to be ruined for me. Yep, don't do yourself a favor, and don't do that. 
I have not played Star Wars Battlefront 2, so I don't know if that's a huge disappointment. People tell me it is. So, I I don't know. But that's my, my disappointments. Oh, one other surprise. I'll end on a happy note here. Surprise. The Switch got Hulu, which isn't like a huge deal, but I was surprised that it got a streaming service. So, Hulu's on the Switch now, guys. I didn't know that. Yeah. I would have assumed that Netflix and Hulu and Amazon are already on that, because they're on freaking everything. No, they're not on that. That was like a big deal, that people like pretty much trashed the Switch for not having any of that, and it finally got uh, Hulu, so that was weird. You know what, Nintendo? Don't go crazy, because the Switch is the one modern console you could turn on, and it's like, here are your games, here are your friends, here are your settings, and there's no fucking just bullshit everywhere, like on PlayStation and Xbox. Yeah, uh, the Xbox update is kind of like the... It's just getting ridiculous, guys. I just want to like get to my game at some point. Cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's all I got for this. Did you guys want to talk about anything you bought? No, Johnny. Johnny doesn't want to talk about all that stuff. Christmas, buying video games, whatever. Okay. I didn't cool. buy a lot recently, to be fair. Tyler, what what you're really hyped to talk about something? No, to go I'm for not. It, dude. That, you know, just no, whatever. no. What'd you buy, Tyler? I got Atlantis on the Odyssey two, which I'm really happy to. Oh, I forgot. I forgot, you completed some sets. I I totally stepped on your shit. Go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, I've been looking for Atlantis. I mean, it's been my last game in the Odyssey 2 set for about six months. But I've been looking for it for a lot longer than that. Because it's one of these games that just doesn't come up for sale complete in nice condition very often. People think that Power Lords, I think, is the rarest Odyssey 2 game. And then if you look on forums, everyone's like, oh yeah, Atlantis was the last one I got. Atlantis was the last one I got. So... One came up, and I put in my, fuck you, I'm winning this bid, and another guy who had won an Atlantis that was incomplete and in shitty condition earlier this year also put in a fuck you, I'm winning bid. So I'm pretty sure I paid probably double what anyone has ever paid for this fucking game ever. Uh, What'd you pay? $510, which is way too much. So six minutes after the auction ended... I'm like, all right, that was stupid. Let me just look up, if see if I could find the last time someone paid money for fucking Atlantis. And then I put an Odyssey 2 Atlantis into Google, and one showed up on Mercari, whatever that fake Craigslist is, uh, for $25 shipped. So I bought that one as well, just because I was worried that one was going to show up in a bubble mailer or something like that. So I actually got two Atlantises after all this time looking. So was the one you got on Mercari real? Was it legit? It's legit. It's not in as good condition. But uh, yeah, the guy obviously had no idea what he had because the last even incomplete uh, Atlantis sold for 150 bucks on eBay. And that one wasn't even in good condition. So that's really funny that that happened. Yeah. What You completed another set, though. Uh, yeah, I got Crypt Killer and All-Star Baseball 1997, my last two Saturn games. Yeah, both these sets that I've kind of been collecting since the beginning of of me collecting because Odyssey 2 is the one vintage console I really like other than the Atari 2600. I've always thought the Odyssey 2 was kind of cool. Never really cared about all the other stuff. And then Saturn, uh, just one of my childhood consoles that I got to play at friend's house, but I never actually owned. So it's cool to complete that set. I thought that I thought that I had all the quote-unquote heavy hitters at one point, because I had about half the Saturn set. And I'm like, yeah, let me just complete the Saturn set. And then I realized that all of these like RPGs and and the kind of quote unquote high end games, those aren't the hard games to find on Saturn at all. It's all the fucking nope. sports games and bullshit like that. Well, it's because everybody knows the RPGs are worth money, so they wind up on eBay. Yep. 
I wonder how many how many Olympic soccer 1996s are just sitting in piles of Saturn sports games because people think no one wants them. Probably quite a few. Yep. I got the, my one like sweet buy was I got ISS Pro Evolution Soccer for the PlayStation. I got it for fifty dollars. It's like a hundred and fifty dollar game, so that felt pretty good. We do love our soccer games in America. We didn't buy any of them uh, in the nineties. Uh, right, which is why they're all expensive. And as you were saying, I got that Louvre game, which is pretty sweet. That's it. That's it for me. Cool. That's what we bought. That's what we played. That's what our year was like. Uh, you guys got any closing notes? No, I don't think so. I don't know, John. You're taking that tone like this is going long. We got to end this shit. So I don't really it's, have any yeah, closing I'm a- notes. I'm ending. I'm ending it. Happy New Year's from the Collector's Quest podcast, guys. Cat, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at Catsylvania, K-A-T-S-E-L-V-A-N-I-A. And Tyler? Um, default Jen on Instagram, Default G-E-N. And I'm Johnny underscore I-U-C-I. That's J-O-H-N-N-Y underscore I-U-C-C-I. Thank you very for much. Thank you very much for listening. Hope your Christmas was great. Hope your New Year goes well. And we'll see you for some more episodes soon. Bye!